Well, Lululemon is expanding its operations here in Vancouver and creating 2,600 jobs over the next five years. And the federal government is making this happen by granting the company the ability to hire foreign workers for certain positions. And how they're doing this is that they don't have to apply for a labor market impact assessment and how that works. It's a process used to determine if a company needs a foreign worker to fill a position because of a lack of Canadian workers or permanent residents available to do the job. Sean Fraser, our Minister of Immigration, is here now to talk about what this means and why it was necessary. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. Was Lululemon actually going to pick up and move if you didn't do this? Look, there's no way to know with certainty, but the risk was absolutely real. Uh, This is a company of uh, global reputation that countries around the world would very much love to have the economic benefits in their own backyard. Uh, There are 9,000 employees of Lululemon across Canada, but 28,000 globally. Uh, This is a company that has options that could base themselves in the United States and Canada or in European markets. But they want it to be in Canada, uh, but they wanted to make sure that they had access to the talent they need to continue to grow. This is a company with a $40 billion market capitalization. That just doesn't happen very often in our country. And we want to do everything we can to make sure that they have the talent that they need so they can continue to grow and deliver economic benefits to us here in Canada. Minister, how many other companies are getting this kind of exemption to allow more foreign workers in? So this is a uh, specific kind of policy that's unique to the immigration agreement between Canada and British Columbia. And Ontario is the only other province that has the same provision negotiated in our agreement between the federal and provincial governments. This specific program has only ever been used once in Canada's history. And it was for the Microsoft facility that's in downtown Vancouver, which has led to significant investment by the company at Microsoft that's going to make sure that has seen uh, significant hirings and investment continued in the downtown Vancouver area. This particular uh, instance with Lululemon doesn't come with uh, simple access to uh, workers that will displace Canadians. It's quite different. In exchange for access to this program that allows them to tap into workers who are not available in large numbers in Canada, Lululemon's required to make a significant investment, hiring 2,600 people, but they also have to commit over the next number of years to develop opportunities to have a knowledge transfer so those benefits over time accrue to Canadian workers. That's what we expect to see through training and mentorship opportunities that I have faith will lead to more Canadians working, including the sustaining of Canadian jobs that currently exist within the company. But a big part of this is that we don't have the domestic labour needed, right? Absolutely. There's no question that we're dealing with a labour shortage. Just to put this into perspective, Canada has had one of the strongest economic recoveries of any advanced economy in the world. There's more people working in our country today than at any other point in Canadian history. And despite the strength of our economic recovery, there's 700,000 jobs that need to be filled in this country. And the jobs that we're dealing with at Lululemon are very particular high-skilled positions that are not available in significant supply. I have no question that if these Canadian workers with the skills that are in demand uh, are available, they will also benefit from the opportunities of the company. But we know if we're going to allow them to succeed in continuing to operate in Canada, they need to have reliable access to the workers that they need to grow. 2,600 additional jobs is no small feat. This is going to result in hundreds of millions of dollars of economic growth in the province of British Columbia, which is, I think, a good thing that we're happy to support by making an exemption under the Canada-BC Immigration Agreement. Which industries and which jobs are in demand uh, for foreign workers? Uh, So we've done an assessment in collaboration with Employment and Social Development Canada to identify the sectors that are facing the greatest demand 
And we've got new immigration rules that will kick in in the second half of this year to have targeted draws for workers in those particular sectors. They include uh, tech, agriculture, transportation, the skilled trades, and healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. Some of the positions uh, that we're dealing with in Lululemon fall into some of these categories, but the labor shortage obviously impacts so much more than one company and so much more than one sector. We're going to continue to increase our immigration levels as we uh, uh, made public during last year's immigration levels plan. And we're going to continue to leverage temporary programs as well for those positions where there are not enough Canadian workers with the skills required in the communities where they're required. There's no simple solution to these things, but by leveraging our immigration advantage in Canada and recognizing that we continue to have the ability to welcome newcomers to this country with the skills we need to grow, we're going to be able to create a competitive advantage that's unique to our country that will allow us to win the race for talent because the entire world right now is competing for, competing for the same pool of workers. And if we can bring those high-skilled, high-paying jobs to Canada instead of some other jurisdiction, we all stand to benefit. You know, you talked about your immigration levels. Uh, what are your immigration targets? And, and, and tell us more about your campaign. So we had made a decision a couple of... Um, uh, after we formed government in uh, 2015 to increase our immigration levels significantly, but not quite to the level we're at today. We're aiming to increase it to 500,000 by 2025, and that's new permanent residents. Many of those people live in Canada today, but will transition to permanent residency from a current temporary status. And to put this into perspective, the last year before we formed government, Canada was welcoming only 240,000 newcomers. So we've more than doubled the immigration ambition for Canada. But that's a reflection of the labor market dynamics and economic needs that we're facing today and will face over the next generation. We have to recognize, in addition to the labor shortage, we're dealing with a very serious demographic trend. Fifty years ago, there were seven workers for every retired person in this country. Today, that number is three. If we want to sustain our public services and, importantly, recruit the workers with the skills that will be in demand for the next generation as more and more people from the baby boomer generation retire, we're going to be able to make sure we continue to fill the gaps in the healthcare uh, sector, continue to take advantage of the opportunities in the tech sector, and make sure that we continue to support the sectors that will help foster a strong economic recovery and put us on solid footing for the next few decades. But Minister, what about the infrastructure that's that we need for these newcomers? Housing is expensive. Healthcare has been having problems. What is your government doing to address those issues? Those are two of the most important issues that we need to address if we're going to be successful in not just getting people to Canada, but setting them up for success after they arrive. My view is that the answer to the housing crisis or healthcare challenges that the country is facing is not to shut the door on newcomers. It's to tailor our immigration programs in a way that will help alleviate these social constraints rather than exacerbate them. In fact, when I mentioned the sectors in demand, I mentioned the skilled trades and housing in particular. Later this year, we're going to have targeted draws to welcome workers specifically in those sectors to make sure that the people who are coming to Canada can actually work in our healthcare system. In fact, since 2016, we've welcomed more than 25,000 healthcare workers to this country. If we continue to welcome healthcare workers and the skilled tradespeople who are going to build more homes, we're going to be able to use that as part of the solution to relieve some of these social challenges. Now, this is not easy to do, and immigration is not the only policy lever in the toolkit. But we need to use every tool at our disposal if we're going to build the houses that are necessary to accommodate a growing population and Canadians who live here now, and importantly, to welcome the healthcare workers who will take care of our aging population. I'd point out, just to conclude the point, 
About a third of the doctors in this country are newcomers. About a quarter of the nurses in this country are newcomers. If we didn't rely on immigration to bolster the healthcare sector in particular, we'd be in a world of hurt. But because we continue to welcome newcomers with the skills that are in demand and that we need to sustain healthy communities, we're going to be able to continue to use immigration as part of the strategy to combat the pressures on the healthcare system and housing sector. Uh, Minister, I'm sure these topics are never going to go away, and I'm sure you're going to be talking about them for years to come. But for now, thank you for your time this afternoon. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for having me.